0: Hi, this is Dr. Vargas Lowey, your child neurologist. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss absence seizures, which used to be called petit mild seizures. uh, But that's an old naming uh, that's uh, not trending now. We call them absence seizures. And absence seizures are are your typical staring spell. That's not just daydreaming. uh, It is actually a seizure. And it falls into the category of generalized seizures. And what does that mean? Generalized seizures are seizures that affect uh, your whole brain. Uh, there's a misfiring of your neurons, of the cells that constitute your brain, uh, that fire in a synchronous way instead of firing uh, by little groups of, of cells. Um, so how do we know that a kid has... Uh, absence seizures. Well, typically, uh, it's a typical patient that's um, between four and six years old. That's typically when they start, although sometimes, since they're very short, uh, they go unnoticed until later in life. But typically, that's the age when they start. And a good thing about absence seizure uh, is that uh, typically kids outgrow them. Okay. Uh, Typically by uh, their teenage uh, years, they they outgrow them. Um, That doesn't mean that we don't treat them. Uh, They're severe enough and frequent enough that we actually treat with medication. But before I talk about medication, I would like to uh, explain what do these absence seizures consist of. Uh, So as I mentioned, it's a staring spell uh, and it looks like the kid gets frozen in time. They can be doing something such as eating dinner, or uh, playing with a toy, or even um, riding their bike or swimming. And there's a pause that lasts anything between two seconds and maybe 10 seconds at the maximum when the kids stop all activity. Like frozen in time, they stare straight ahead uh, sometimes we see a little bit of grimacing, they can um, lip-smack or stick out their tongue repeatedly. You can see that their eyes might be fluttering a little bit, their eyelids. Um, and again, uh, they don't do anything. You can talk to them, they don't react for, for, for the seconds that the seizure lasts. Um, you can even touch them, yell at them, they're not going to uh, wake up until the seizure is over. All right, so uh, this is how it presents. Then uh, once the seizure is over, they just go back to whatever activity they were doing. They continue eating, they continue playing, riding their bike, and as if nothing had happened. Uh, They don't remember, they're not aware that it happened, and they don't remember anything that happened during that seizure, okay? That's uh, another uh, important characteristic to uh, distinguish between an absent seizure and daydreaming, for instance. Now, these episodes can happen multiple times in a day, Uh, and this is one of the main reasons why we actually decide to treat them, because even though it's not as spectacular as a convulsive seizure when someone drops to the floor and starts convulsing, uh, they're very short, they're very minor, uh, but they can actually happen 20 to up to 100 times a day. So if you think about that, uh, what's going to happen when the kid is in the classroom and You know, every five minutes they have one of these two 10-second episodes. They're going to miss a lot of what's happening, right? And just like I mentioned before, they can be doing any kind of activity like riding a bike. And if you're riding a bike and you blank for two seconds, even five seconds, then you're at risk of falling off and hurting yourself, hitting your head, getting a concussion, etc. What if you're swimming and you have one of these seizures? You can actually drown can be very dangerous. So this is why we decide to treat for a safety, st- for a safety reason, as well as for a developmental reason, uh, because we want them to be able to learn normally, right? Um, so what do we do for treatment? Well, uh, actually, before treatment, what? how do we diagnose it? We diagnose it uh, based on the history that I just mentioned. Also, there's a very quick test that we can do in the exam room, which consists of hyperventilating. So we have the kid blow on a pinwheel or blow on a little piece of, on a little strip of paper, uh, repeatedly, repeatedly and fast. And after one, two minutes, uh, this is a trigger for a seizure. Hyperventilation triggers a seizure. So we see that the kids actually have, um, uh, an absence seizure. Um, Then the next step is to do an EEG. EEG stands for electroencephalogram, uh, which is this technique that we use to measure the brain activity uh, of uh, the surface of your scalp. Um, And there's a very typical pattern that, that we see in the EEG. Uh, that helps us determine whether these are absence seizures or not. And during the EEG, we also do these hyperventilation maneuvers as well as um, photic stimulation, which means you know these uh, flashlights that uh, flash at different frequencies that sometimes can trigger typically other types of seizures, but sometimes also absence seizures. So that's that's typically what we do. Once we have the EEG and we confirm that your kid has absence seizures, then we treat. If he doesn't, if the EEG is normal or we can't trigger a seizure, then we assume that it's just daydreaming. Uh, Very often we see these kind of behaviors in kids with ADHD, actually, because they get distracted, they start thinking of their own things, and they have these kind of staring spells, right? Uh, But if we see that it's actually an absence seizure, which is a kind of epilepsy, I have to say, Uh, then we treat. And there's many different treatments. Uh, The main one, and we're going to discuss this in case your kid actually has seizures, uh, but just uh, a few words. uh, The most used one, the first line is considered to be ethosaxamide. But very often we use another one that has less side effects, which is called Uh, Lavituracetam, the brand name is Keppra, there's many others that can be used like Valproate is a good one, Lamotrigine is another one, Uh, and based on the kids age uh, on 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 their gender, we decide which one uh, works better. Valproate would be one that I wouldn't want to use in a in a teenage girl, for instance. Um, now, all what I've said here is about your typical absence seizures, but you have to know that there's another entity called atypical absence seizures. Uh, And why do we call it atypical? Because uh, sometimes it doesn't present exactly the same way. The seizures can be a little bit longer. They can uh, present with loss of tone, especially of your neck. Uh, They can present with drop seizures. Or they can present in the context of other kinds of seizures, like convulsive seizures or myoclonic seizures, which are sudden jerks of your extremities. So those are atypical absence seizures. Another possibility is that the kid is older, like a teenager, and they start having these kind of absence seizures in the teenagers. Uh, And that's also an atypical absence seizure. Treatment is similar. Maybe I wouldn't use ethosoxamide for that one. I would use a different kind of medication like Capra or lamotrogen. But um, the most important thing in that case of atypical absence seizure is to rule out a syndrome called juvenile myoclonic epilepsy. Uh, And this one, uh, I'm not going to talk in detail about it, but it happens in teenagers. And it's associated with convulsive seizures. And myoclonic seizures, like I just mentioned earlier. Uh, this kind of seizure is very easy to treat as well, just like absence seizures, like typical absence seizures, but they typically are not outgrown. They typically go on for many years. Uh, you treat them uh, with low dose medication, they respond really well, they never need more than one medication or very rarely, but it's more rare for them to outgrow it. Okay, so that's the main thing. Um, so these are the main characteristics of uh, absence seizures. Um, another thing that I would like to mention before I finish is that for typical absence seizures, you know, when they start at four six years of age and they typically grow them at eight or 10, um, what we do is that uh, once we see that the kid is not having any more seizures, we stop the treatment. We repeat an EEG and if it looks good, we stop the treatment and then we go off medication for one to two years, typically two years. And then if we still don't see any seizures, um, then we stop the medication completely. There's always a risk that you're going to have more seizures, but this is uh, something that we need to do in case uh, they have actually outgrown the seizures and we can discontinue the medication. So if you have any questions, if you think that your kid has absence seizures because of repeated uh, staring spells, contact me, schedule an appointment with me for telemedicine or a home visit, and I'll be happy to do a full evaluation. Thank you for listening to my audio blog. This was Dr. Vargas Lowy, your personal child neurologist.